So I would like to welcome Latoya Gadsden to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Barard. Thank you so much, Latoya, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Well, I'm really excited to have you share with the audience about yourself. And you may or may not have heard that I start my interviews with two questions. So if you're all set, I will ask you those two questions. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> all right. So Latoya Gadsden, who are you and how did you become who you are today? Wow. That's a loaded question to start with. <laughs> who am I and what got me to be here? Um, well, let me start with saying um, I'm from California, San Jose, born and raised. Um, I do now reside in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I have been for four years in June. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, but prior to that, um, I lived in Austin, Texas for one year. And I guess I could just talk to you about my journey of how I got, I mean, I guess that goes back to your question of how I got to where I am now. Um, like I said, I'm from San Jose, California, and starting there, um, my I'll start with my mother passing away when I was, I want to say I was 18 years old. She went into a coma when I was 16 um, after giving birth to my younger brother. And um, once that happened, so my, my dad was pretty much left with um, taking care of myself and my siblings. And at the time, we had there's eight of us total. So I come from a family of eight. Wow. <laughs> um, however, there was, I think there's five of us living in the house. Um, and then once I was 16, you know, it was already just instilled in me like to get a job mm. and <laughs> to get a job and provide for myself to take that burden off my father. Mm -hmm. So I, that is like the start of me becoming this woman of independence and also with the loss of my mom as well, that, you know, I, I think there was a part of me that drifted more to work and not deal with the pain, right, of losing mm -hmm. your mom at a young age. And of course, I'm just starting, I'm just a teenager, so I don't really know right. <laughs> who I am at that moment or anything like that. So I think, I, I would say that's where the journey began for me. Um, I've been you know, in corporate America since I was, like, like I said, since I was 16 years old and I got my real job, I would say, working at a telecommunications company. Um, and that's when life took off for me. And within that role is where I was forced, or I would say I was faced with finding out who I was. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of you know, things that happened in my youth to now um, being, I, I would say I, I, I got into a leadership role very early on in my career. Mm -hmm. I would say my, my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And um, maneuvering through that was something that I had to find, one, find myself in order to lead other people. Mm -hmm. um, so I became very ambitious mm -hmm. and driven and my pursuits and you know any career driven person is like okay i want to move up in the ranks um i want the big checks right mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was something that drove me was just you know my passion and ambition to always want to do more 
However, when I turned 28, I believe it was, is where I found my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And from there, it my belief shifted from myself and wanting to just work to saying, okay, wait, there's more to life than me just going to work and that's it. So once I received Christ in my life, I just started to seek more purpose. And like I said, I, I was in leadership for a, a, a while, you know, when I started my career. And like I said, it was my early 20s. And I noticed that I had a gift of connecting with people and not, not connecting with them in the sense of, you know, when you work in corporate America, it's, you know, get the results, get the results, get the results. And you really don't, you know, everybody's like a number. That's, that's pretty much, you know, in a, in a big corporation, how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I seem to always connect with the underdogs mm. and I had a um, deeper passion of knowing what other individuals were going through outside of work. So it was like, okay, what's going on? What's actually hindering you from, you know, doing your best and becoming your best self. And that's where I felt like, okay, I, I love teaching. I love coaching and just taking steps in that direction. So, um, I was at this company for about 12 years Mm -hmm. and they went through a reorganization structure. And at the time I was still, I was going to school at the same time. And once they decided that they were going to transition all of the jobs to a different center outside of the state, um, I made the decision to just walk away Mm -hmm. and go to school full time, which is something that I never thought that I would do (laughs) and get my degree because, you know, in my family, it was never talked about to go to school. You know, it's like, that's not everybody's path. You know, you work, you just figure out what works for you. But I had a mentor at the time who saw something in me and saw potential in me um, and kind of played like a mother figure to me and just was, you know, always rooting for me to finish my education. And then I went for that. So I decided to walk away from the job. I didn't want to go to the, follow them to another state. So I went to college, um, got my degree in behavioral and social sciences. And again, I, I had a place in my heart for leadership and connecting with people and just building those relationships. But from there, I felt this calling in my heart to leave California. Mm-hmm. Didn't know where I was going. Didn't know how it was going to happen. I just knew that it was time for me to leave because I couldn't grow if I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, so while I was in school, I just remember like walking through the campus and I just believe that God, you know, said to me that, okay, you're going to know where, you, where you're going to go before you leave school or before you graduate. I'm like, oh, okay. And um, I actually had a conversation with my landlord at the time and she had brought up Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And long story short, Um, That is where I actually end up going. And through that and receiving Christ, my faith was stretched because when I moved to Austin, Texas, I moved without a job. I moved without knowing where I was going to go. I just knew that that's where God wanted me to be. Mm So once I graduated, you know, I was applying for jobs in Austin, applying for jobs. No one was calling me back. 
And, you know, I just believe with everything in me, that's what he had wanted me to do. So I bought my one-way ticket. And once I bought my one-way ticket, doors just started to open. And I know that might be risky for a lot of people that they may not do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But that's just the faith that I started to cultivate Mm -hmm. throughout the years once I just knew, you know, just reading my word and just believe like, okay, you have to have faith in order to please God and, you know, really taking the word for what it said. And once I got my one-way ticket, got to Austin, Texas, you know, I stayed there for a year. I was an individual contributor role there Mm -hmm. and I still felt God was calling me to do more and was calling me back to leadership and my heart's passion to coach and lead people. And um, I had visited a friend here in Charlotte, North Carolina, who had just moved here. And once I came, I realized that this was where I needed to be. And um, once I made that decision and knew that Texas was not my landing spot, another opportunity presented itself that got me here to Charlotte. And I've been here for four years. And I... I, and I know that was a lot of what I'm saying, and I hope that the listeners who who are listening to this, you know, I would say, one, it's my faith that has gotten me to where I am now, mm-hmm. um, trusting and believing God, and even and also the adversities that I've experienced as well, because everything has not always been easy. Like I said, I lost my mother when, well, my mother fell into a coma, let me back up, when I was 16, mm-hmm. and so she, and she passed when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dealing with that loss at a young age, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people are not able to bounce back from that or find their place right. in life. And, you know, and some of my siblings are dealing with that. Um, however, I think that was a fuel for me to do more and also, you know, just going through life and saying, okay, there has to be more. And then, you know, my relationship with Christ is what got me to the place that I am now. And also with that, you know, coming to Charlotte, working a nine to five job and taking a lot of big leaps in faith, uh, bounds in my faith has also propelled me now to start my own company. So I am the founder of LaToya Gatson Coaching LLC, which I just started this year. Mm-hmm. And again, I left my job by a leap of faith last year, not knowing that I was going to be where I'm at right now. Right. So everything about me is faith. Mm-hmm. It's about believing and believing in myself and believing in God. And I know that was a long answer <laughs> and I was trying to short it up, but that's kind of long and short. Well, yeah. I think, I think there are a lot of good things that you um, mentioned here that are really important in terms of how you became who you are. And I, I, I resonate with some of it personally because I lost my mom at 19. Mm. And I think that when, when, I don't know if, if this is the way it is for, for men, but my mom passing when I was so young, I think really um, challenged me in terms of becoming a, a grown woman you know the you know the the person who would teach you certain things wasn't there what? the person you would be able to go to if you had problems and cons- you know what i mean that person wasn't there that first person that you would look to and 
And so I, I end up, I'm curious, how did you navigate that? Did that mentor who kind of acted as a mother figure for you, did she come into your life very early or was it later or, or what happened with that? So she came into my life, I would say it was still my early 20s. So maybe I was like 22, 23, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I'm, let me think. I know it was before I was 25. So, I mean, I was still fairly, you know, young and maturing. Right. Um, so, yeah. So I would say bef before I hit 25, she definitely came into my life. But another thing too, is that God always seemed to put women in my life who just had a liking towards me mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, when I look back where I was like, wow, God, you know, I lost my mom, but you always put women who saw something in me because I was very timid. People wouldn't think that now because because I was like, oh, I'm an introvert. They're like, no, you ain't. No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but however, when I was young, you know, younger, I was reserved. Mm -hmm. um, I was not the one to stand out in the crowd or do any of that. It was just, I would say God would send his angels. And I know that may sound weird, but it's just like, when I look back at it, it's like, okay, I did not do anything to say, Hey, look at me, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. It was God strategically placing people around me that helped, you know, kind of maneuver me through, you know, the life at that time. So, but this, but this particular mentor yeah, she, she just, and like I said, and, and it was a, a working relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean, the minute that she came in as a manager, you know, it was from the, from day one, it, we just connected in that level of mentoring. Right. You know, and no, there's more for you because I, I was also very closed minded. You know, I didn't really know anything about the world. I wasn't reading any books. I wasn't, you know, the only thing I knew was TV, right? Watching TV, I knew music, going out, hanging out. But my thought process and the way that I, you know, thought about life and events and just things that were happening in the world, I had no concept of it because I was in survivor mode. Right. That, that's, the, that's the best way to call it. I was in survival mode. You work. I got a job. I'm paying my bills. Right. I'm good. So it was switching from a mindset of I need to survive and take care of me to know, Toya, there's more to life than just surviving. And, and that, that's, oh, that's, that's critical. <laughs> that is critical. Yeah. So that's that's the best way that I can say it. It's it, it was moving from survival but changing my whole mindset. Um so yeah, I was blessed. And um yeah. I think that's interesting. You brought up something that is really interesting to me about that mindset because a lot of times and and this is where I I I may get on my soapbox a little bit, but you know, people always want to say, Oh, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and this, that, and the other. Uh, first of all, the phrase makes no sense, but, but if people are struggling to survive, they're just, they're going to work, they're paying their bills, they're trying to live indoors, they're trying to take care of themselves, their kids, what have you, that leaves so little energy and time sometimes to focus on these other things. And if you don't have someone who's acting as a role model, 
particularly if you're very young and you don't have those role models, it's hard to see another way of living. It's hard to think of another way of, of being. And you mentioned that, that you felt like God put these angels in your path and strategically placed these people. I believe that people come into our lives like that to help us at, at, at pivotal moments, to advise us, to say certain things. So as you may never see that person again, it could be somebody you walk, run into at a coffee house and it's just one passing conversation and it changes something in your brain. It shifts something or makes you think differently. Or if you're really lucky, you have these people that come into your life and really um, help you to grow, right? But if you don't have that, I think it's a real challenge, you know, to kind of, it's almost like you're trying to rear yourself. And if you don't have any model for what that should look like, that's really hard, isn't it? It is. And, 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 and the way that I like to think about it, because I said, do, do we really not have anybody who is willing to come alongside of us and show us something more than where we're at, right? Because if you're only exposed to what it is that you've been around, right? Like there, you, there's no way of thinking outside of what your norm is, right? Mm -hmm. And I always like to think about exposure, but also being open-minded to say, hey, okay, I know this is different than what I'm used to, but let me just try it. So the, the way I think about it is like, I think we all, and I, and I will say I think, because I don't, I don't want to, you know, be matter of fact with this. Right, <laughs> right. Everybody, you know, everyone. But what I think is that I think at times we all are, we, we have the opportunity to be exposed to something that's outside of our norm, even if that's someone that may say something that's different than the way we think, but we reject it because it's not something that we're used to. Right. So I think it's being in a space of being open. And I can only speak from my experience. Like I've always been a curious person. So if someone like, you know, comes and tells me something or it's like, oh yeah, well, I think I'm like, okay, I'm researching, I'm looking, I'm paying, let me, well, let me just try, let me see what they're talking about. Let me go read about that right. instead of just rejecting it because it doesn't align with what I've been surrounded by, right? Because right. even the mentor who came into my life and was just like, you know, she, she even bought me a laptop and was just like, no, you're going to school, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I think I sat on that laptop for like a good two years before, you know, I really, my, again, my mindset started to change and, right. say, and I had already attempted to go to school anyways. And then I started, okay, I can't start something and then stop. Like I have to be, I have to finish. So mm -hmm. again, a mindset shift, right? Like I'm, I'm not just going to start and I'm going to quit. No, I need to finish everything out that I start. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how my mindset shifted. So again, I think that we are all, or we have opportunities that are around us. It's just whether we are open enough to see it or right. when someone comes along and gives us that nugget to try to help us make better decisions, do we still just revert back to what we know because that's comfortable? Cause then that's taking us to a whole nother conversation. It's right. like we get in our comfort zone. So if anything, you know, takes me out of my comfort zone or, you know, I start to get fearful and I don't know how that's going to work out for me. Then I may, I may not see a way out of my situation, but that just may be because you're not open 
to see what's on the other side. And then you have fear that kicks in that says, okay, no, I, I don't know what that is. So right. I'm not going to do it. So I think there's a, a, a number of things that play a part in going back to saying that some people may not have that person who can be a voice for them to help them. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are definitely a lot of components. I just, I always felt like um, it's, it's just so difficult if you don't have that certain behavior modeled, unless you have opposite behavior modeled. That's the other thing. Cause then you can say, I don't want to be like that. What would be the opposite? Mm, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's just a thought that I have. Um, you also talk about your faith mm -hmm. and I think that, I think that faith is so really important. It's not just about, I don't, I don't like getting into the whole religious side of things because I think that faith is more than just, just about a religion. I think faith is about your understanding of yourself and your place in, in the world too. Like you have to have faith in yourself and that faith in, in God or whatever um, folks might want to refer to it as is tied to that. You know what I mean? Cause it's that faith that gave you this, gave you the sense. Okay. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what the message is here, except that I know I got to leave LA. Uh, you know, I'm saying LA, I've got to leave California. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know what the message is exactly, but I've been, I feel like I got to go to see this, uh, uh, Austin. I'm going to Austin. Yeah. And you, you just took that step even though you didn't have everything lined up in front of you. And there's that concept that taking the first step opens, opens opportunity for you. It's like you're letting God or the universe or whatever it is that you like to call it, know that you're ready. Yes. And that's what you mentioned was that the doors, what kind of doors open up for you when you started taking those steps? What kinds of doors did you see opening? Oh man. <laughs> Um, well, firstly, as, as I mentioned, when I left California and, you know, let me back up. I remember I had wrote in my journal, cause I'm a big advocate of journaling. So if you're listening, <laughs> get a journal, write in a journal, write down your most craziest outlandish dreams or whatever comes to your heart. Just write it down because you will be amazed. So I remember when I was working and I had wrote down like in five years what I wanted to do. And at the time when I'm writing these things down there, I mean, I don't, I didn't really see a way on how it was going to happen right. these were things in my heart that I wanted to do. So to name a few, it's like, you know, I wanted to travel internationally. Uh, mind you, I did not have my passport at the time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I wanted to travel internationally um, wanted to own a home. I wanted to leave the job that I was currently at. I mm -hmm. wanted to go to school and finish my degree. And those are just a few things. Mm -hmm. So obviously I finished my degree and I moved, I moved to, took this, took the leap of faith. Like I said, moved, moved to Austin, Texas. And the job that I end up getting there, I end up meeting one of my closest friends. She's one of my closest friends to this day. And 
I just had this travel bug. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I want to travel internationally. At this time, I did buy my passport and everything like that because I also believe that you want to prepare for the things in which you say that you want. Right. So, you know, if, if, if you say, you know, you want to get married or you want to travel or, you, you know, start putting things in place that prepares you for when that opportunity presents itself. So I'm working at this company and then we, a, a new girl ends up, you know, coming there. And, and this is probably like two months or so before I actually left the company. And we're like typing on IM and I was like, oh my God, I just want to travel every month or so forth. And long story short, we've traveled, I think I've traveled more in the last three years than people do in a lifetime. <laughs> so I've, and it all started with moving to Austin because no one back where I lived was traveling and still not. You know, there oh. is something that they, they just don't do. I mean, now that they've seen me do it, it's inspiring them like, oh, wow, I want to travel. I want to go here. But once I moved to Austin, Texas, my traveling took off. I've been to Paris. I've been to Madrid. I've been to Tokyo. I've been to uh, Puerto Rico. I've been to Costa Rica. Like, I mean, I've been so many places that probably would not have happened if I didn't change where I was. Right. right. Um, I can definitely say traveling doors open for me. Mm -hmm. And also just the relationships that I've built with people um, that has opened doors for me. I mean, having conversations and having friends who are, who don't even live in the country. I never even thought imaginable, you know, because my (laughs) mind is just like, Oh, I have these core and this is just what we do mm-hmm. no just in terms of even relationships how doors have opened you know I I did buy I have bought a home in Charlotte North Carolina where you know we know in California yeah. I mean God's will I I you know if it was meant for him to be there that could have been an option but you know a year living here soon as my year lease was up boom I'm moving into a house right um so that's one thing that has happened and you know my business being confident enough to start a business as an entrepreneur and let me tell you I mean it's hard work (laughs) and being fortified to know and that's one thing too when you take the smaller leaps and it it doesn't have to be something as drastic you know as, as I've done but you know it could be small steps that you take small baby steps and the smaller the steps you take then you'll also start to see the bigger steps that you take and it's like wow okay if i got through that i know i can get through this yep so the your faith just keeps increasing so the more and and a lot of times we don't receive what it is that we are asking for because we won't move right. i mean and I'm not saying geographically move, right. but we don't move from where we're at. We're, we stay at a job way too long, right? It's like, okay, I could do this job with my eyes closed. I'm bored here. I don't like it. But today, <laughs> because you either making six figures or you're not probably not even making six figures. You could be making, you know, whatever it is, but because you know it inside and out, you know, you're not willing to push yourself out again, going back to the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So then get that blessing and that you're seeking from your heart because you won't move (laughs) it's like move and once you move you will be surprised like oh my god why didn't I do this sooner oh yeah and and you know what that's a really good example of one I think the job situation because our challenge is that you you got to have money coming in the door on a regular basis in order to do I don't know crazy things like live indoors, have lights, 
water, that kind of thing. So it's really easy to get locked into a lifestyle. Yes. You know, and that's really what you're talking about more than anything else is that feeling comfortable in your lifestyle and therefore not being willing to give that up. And I've faced that challenge myself um, where, and I always know when it's time to leave uh, a, a particular job, I've always known it, I would either have one of two things happen. I would either start getting sick, like just get sick and, and get well, get sick, get well, get sick, get well, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or suddenly I didn't want to wake up in the morning. I'm the kind of person, you know, six o'clock, whatever, it's time to get up. I'm up and I start moving. When I don't want to roll out of bed, <laughs> there's something wrong. And all of us has a tell, right? We all have a tell of when we're unhappy in a situation or when we're no longer comfortable in a situation. And we really need to listen to our bodies, listen to our minds, listen to our spirits and know when it's time for us to move, right? Yes, yes. And 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 the thing is like finding your why as well, because I think, and I keep saying I think, finding your why will be that catalyst to the decisions you make because a lot of us we don't know why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. It's just, or it's very surface. Oh, I do it because I need to pay the bills. Right. Oh, I do it because, you know. It's, it's what I could get for now. And sometimes there are situations where it's like, okay, you have to do what you have to do. But then there also comes a time where it's like, wait, what am I passionate about? What is my purpose? What, what is it? What, what value do I bring to, to the world when I show up every day? And it's not that feeling of, and I just know because I just left that feeling, you know, of right. like said, being in the bed, like, oh my God, I don't want to go there today. And sometimes we may not want to work, right? I mean, every day you're not waking up happy, like, oh, this is what I want to do. But to have that dreadful feeling mm-hmm. of saying, oh my God, I, I, I just don't want to do this. That's, that, like you said, that's the indicator there of saying, okay, well then what do you want to do? Because I can even say, being in entrepreneurship now, I have not one day had a feeling. <laughs> and I'm not saying everybody's an entrepreneur. But not one day have I woken up and felt the way that I felt when I was working at a job that did not serve me. Yes. And that I could not serve them any longer. You know, it was, that was just not what, for me at that time, it, you know, that was, that was the red flag. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, you know, or you're going to keep feeling like this. Um, so it's just having that knowing, find your why, what is it that you really want to do? And again, start preparing, start doing the research. Cause even doing those little things add up it to does. get where you even need to be, even if that's another position, you know, within the company you work for, it might be at another company altogether because, you know, that might even have a bigger blessing for you. It, it's, it's a lot of, and it's like a chain reaction, you know, based upon, you know, the decisions that we make. And not just settle. Oh, definitely. Is good. Definitely. Well, and you know, you mentioned something else. You said not everybody has to be an entrepreneur. And I think that's absolutely true. But what I do think is that in order to see maximum growth and growth being your personal growth and professional growth, you do want to have almost an entrepreneurial spirit, even in your job if you have a if you have a job you can like i've been known to grow positions around me 
Yes. You know, so I may get hired in to do this, but I see areas where there's room for improvement or areas where I could do some research and maybe uh, solve a problem that they didn't even know they had with a process or something like that. So you can, you don't necessarily, not everybody is cut out to, or even wants to have their own business and all of that, but you can still exercise an entrepreneurial spirit and grow yourself and help the company that you work for. Yes. And that's so good that you say that. And I'm, I'm glad that you did that. Yes, you can still have an entrepreneur mindset, even on the job, because we're all created to solve or, or have a solution for a problem. I, mm-hmm. I believe, you know, within us, we all have different vision on what we're able to see. And more than likely is that thing that we complain about. Where it's like, <laughs> why do they do it like that? I don't understand why they do it like that. Well, I, I think they could do it like this. Uh, so it's whatever we may tend to complain about is that area that we or you can implement even within a company. Yeah. So I, I so love that you say that because you can be an entrepreneur even in a corporate setting. You can because- Really what, what an entrepreneur is, is a problem solver. That's the way I look at it. You're really a problem solver. So you see a hole, you see a gap, you see an issue where you can bring what you call your vision of how you can help, how you can serve, how you can solve a problem. And then you execute. It's the same thing at work. So what I I noticed that you um, work particularly on leadership. Yes. Um, So what does that look like when you're coaching someone on leadership? So what, and and my, my niche is normally with new leaders, leaders who have just transitioned from an individual contributor role Mm -hmm. to now leading people. And what is missed is the leadership skill. So being a people leader. So you were great at the job that you were doing by yourself. You were the top salesperson, you were the top customer service person, you know, top sales, all of that. Mm-hmm. Now it's how do you influence those that are now under your tutelage <laughs> to get those same results? And there's a, a disconnect with that within organizations. So fairly new, newer companies um, that I've seen, um, struggle with the development of leaders. So it's how do you connect with the people that you're leading and not just making it about, okay, well, you didn't hit the, the results today or, you know, making everything seem negative, but really connecting with your employees from a human perspective mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and wanting to get to know them to then get the most from them, you know, for your organization. And then having a thriving environment where people want to come to work. Because a lot of times, you, you know, in organizations or in businesses, it's, it's heavily results driven. I know that's the bottom line. You got to make a profit. But it's at the expense of the development of your team members. Right. And um, so that's where I come in, in terms of helping leaders, you know, changing what they think leadership is and that's balancing both doing your managerial task and that's your admin that's knowing the job that's knowing the policies and the procedures and knowing how to write people up and all that but then it's also how do you now leverage that to say you know what i want to get to know the person that's working for me what are they great at 
How can I develop this person to grow within the organization or grow as a person? So because not every person is even going to stay within your company. Right. And leaders sometimes are not okay with that. You know, they think they're going to stay there forever. But even as leaders, we should be have a, as leaders, leaders should have a growth mindset. And as we have a growth mindset, then that trickles down to your employees. So if you're helping grow your team member, you're going to in fact grow. So then everybody should be continuing moving up the ladder. <laughs> you, know, you should be preparing that next person to take your spot and not another thing being intimidated or, or afraid or, you know, this person being a threat to taking your position because you're, you're, you should always be looking upward, upward mobility. So let me train this next person to be my peer or to take my spot because now I'm moving up and out to somewhere else. Yes. Yes. And that is, I think, uh, a complaint that uh, I've heard people make that, you know, maybe they thought they were on a track for management and then all of a sudden they get stopped yep, dead in their tracks <laughs> or, you know, uh, maybe they're doing management level, almost management level work, but they can't, they can't seem to get the title or the recognition for people don't want to, you know, and so that's a, a huge management failure to yeah. not lift people because that makes them dissatisfied, makes them, you know, and it hurts the morale of the whole company at some point. But yeah. what is the gap in particular? Is it, is it that, you know, organizations don't know how to implement leadership training or how to mentor people to be better leaders? And so that's why they need coaches to come in and help with that. Or what's the gap that you're finding? So the gap that I normally see, especially when you have leaders who've been in their position for a long time, mm -hmm. um, they're not able to see outside of the frame anymore because okay. it's their norm. So it's, you, you kind of function <laughs> within what it is that you know. Right. So you, you don't no longer see, you know, what the 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 like like you call them the gaps that are happening within your teams because it's just the norm gotcha. so I, I and and a lot of it comes back to and i, I just want to go back to the last thing you were talking about as well is where you know you have team members who are doing managerial work or you know taking taking on responsibilities that could potentially set them up for a, a promotion or a particular position and to find out they don't get it Right. And one thing I want to talk about on that is, you know, being transparent. Um, that's one thing that I, I find that within organizations, you know, it's very, it's, it's challenging for leaders for some reason where the, in it, in it, it's dealing with conflict as well, where there's not conflict, but giving someone raw, transparent feedback on what it is that they need to improve. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the missing factor. That's the mm -hmm. only missing factor because it could be, oh, this person's great at doing all, you know, doing these assignments, but their attitude sucks. Right. But nobody ever tells them that th they have a poor attitude. So they just keep going and going, but that piece of it is never said. So this person is going to continuously be overlooked because they're not being openly communicated to as to what, it, what their growth area is. So right. then they become stagnant and then they have disgruntled employees on the team and it's all stemming from, you know, the top down. Right. Um, so, so I, I, I just wanted to go ahead and 
mention that. But going back to the, the, the gap, it's definitely if, if you've been in the environment for a long time and you, you just learn to function in your dysfunction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you function in your dysfunction, it's like, okay, this is just the way it is. So having a coach come in and work with your leaders and work with your team members is an outside person that's also not tied to HR because some people, they, they, employees want to feel safe. Right. That they can talk to someone and say, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what's going on. This is what I would like to do. And then also helping the leaders and coaching them through on how to be coaches because some leaders have a hard time understanding what coaching even is. So, and that's another part that's missing is that even leaders who are in organizations don't know how to coach. Mm -hmm. So to hire a coach to even help your leaders learn how to coach, because as coaches, we want to see people successful. We don't want to, you know, even though for our business, we're not trying to work with you for years and years and years and years, unless we're working with different people, but it's okay. Hey, let's, let's teach you how to do this, how to maximize and get the most with, uh, from the people that you're working with. And not only that, how to even do it for yourself, because I'm a firm believer that you, it's, it's very challenging to lead someone else when you're not even leading yourself. Right. So if you're not growing yourself as a leader or, you know, taking growth classes or coaching feedback, how to give um, constructive feedback to someone or recognition within the workplace, all of those things, then you're just going to do what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to where I said, you know, you have leaders who are promoted within the organization, they're just thrust into their role. And it's like, okay, here you go. Here's your team, figure it out. And you know, it's like, right. okay, now I, I don't even know how I'm supposed to handle, you know, this person who's difficult on the team, or now this person doesn't want to listen to me, or is this an HR? So they don't know how to navigate that role where it was, oh, I'm great at my job. I want to get more money. I get freedom to do what I want, but there's so much more responsibility than that. Right. And, and another thing too, if you, you know, senior leaders just don't have time, you know, you're going meeting to meeting and to fit someone else in to really spend that time, that dedicated time to teach them and coach them and train them that the, the time is not just the time is not there. Right. And that's the other thing that I see. So um, having someone like myself come in who is passionate, <laughs> you know, about this type of thing to, you know, get the ball rolling, get the results within your teams and your organizations and getting them motivated to want to come to work and not dread it, you know, to have fun, you know, that's, that's what it's about. Well, do you work mostly with organizations or with individuals? How does, how do you typically work in your coaching business? So I work with organizations and I also work with individuals. Okay. I have have some entrepreneurs that I work with as well on an individual basis. So if I have, you know, let's say I have a, a, a small company and I have some team leaders that I've just promoted, I may want to reach out to you to see if maybe you do some one-on-one coaching with the leaders, but then maybe also some team building. What does that coaching typically look like? Yep. So those are the services that I offer. So if you are a small business and you're a, a, a team leader, you would just have me come in and what I would do and, and pretty much just customized mm-hmm. to what it is that you need. So if it was one-on-one coaching, like, Hey, Latoya, I would like for you to come in. I have 
five new leaders that were just promoted. And it doesn't necessarily have to be just new leaders, but I have leaders that, you know, I want you to coach on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You know, what does that look like? How many days a week can you come in? That's things that I always set up. And I do do team building as well, uh, which is a cool service that I have. It's called a leadership game because I'm also certified through John Maxwell. So proud certified team. So we have a game which is called, it's, it's called the leadership game. And it puts a little bit of twist on team building and it makes it fun to talk about, you know, things that, you know, maybe going on in the organization and, you know, people earn points when they answer certain questions or it, it's just, a, I, I played the game myself and I was just like, oh my God, I wish I did have this when I was still working <laughs> Because I, I was a game player when I, you know, when I worked in corporate America with my teams. Like we would have a meeting and we would play taboo or something like that, <laughs> the monotony of you know just the day to day. But um, yeah, the leadership game is awesome and it's a team building. I also have other um, team building activities as well, but that's one thing that I do start with is the leadership game because it's cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, how can people get in touch with you, Latoya? Yes, yeah, so um, you can go to my website, which is www.latoyagatson.com. I am also on Instagram and Facebook at the Latoya Gatson. So the Latoya Gatson. Um, and that's about it. Um, I also do, um, if, if anyone wants to sign up for my newsletters where you can get, you know, leadership tips, strategies, and anything that's coming, upcoming with me, um, you can go to my site where I, I actually give you a free gift. It's a free gift called Five Keys to Effective Leadership Within the Workplace. And they're just simple keys that you can use um, to help you build a successful team. And that website is bit.ly forward slash five keys leadership. Is that the number five or is that um, number five? Yep. Okay. The number five keys leadership. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, make sure you reach out to Latoya Gadson at her website, L-A-T-O-Y-A-G-A-D-S-O-N.com. Or you can reach out to her on Instagram and Facebook, the Latoya Gadson. Or go and get that great free gift at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash forward slash five keys leadership and make sure you reach out to Latoya. She's got so much that she can help you with, whether it's personally uh, you as an individual or your organization, make sure you reach out to her. Latoya, yeah. thank you for being on somewhere in the middle with Michelle Berard. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun and it was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you.